Welcome back to another episode of the Balance of Sam podcast. I am so, so happy you're here. My name is Sam, if you don't know that already, and I'm going to be giving you mindset shifts to lose weight so you can become the most confident and unstoppable version of yourself in work and life. Seriously, I'm just going to be giving you doses of realness and reminders of how badass you already are. And so I'm really excited that you're spending time here and I appreciate you and love you so much. Now let's dive into the episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. On today's episode, I have a very special guest. His name is Andy, and he is another coach online, um, and he is an incredible dude. He's all the way over in the UK, so you're going to hear an amazing accent, which is one of my favorite things. Um, he, we, As we were <clears throat> introducing the episode, I was asking him, like, oh, yeah, like, how do you want me to, uh, you know, int- you know in- introduce you? And he's like, oh, you know, the, uh, the bald old dude. So... <laughs> Andy, welcome, my my good old friend. How are you doing, Sam? <laughs> I'm doing so well. I'm so happy to have you here. It's a it's an absolute honour to be honest. I set a goal this year, and you're already fulfilling one of them. So it's great Ooh, to be invited to be on podcasts or to be podcast. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a goal of mine this year to start my own, but in the same respect, um, to guest on a few. I've got a goal of five. So number one couldn't think of anybody better oh yes I love it oh my gosh well so for everyone listening um Andy and I got connected we were both part of a group coaching program and so we were in a group we didn't know each other you know before I guess what August or something whenever yeah, we started. August, think it was, yeah. yeah. and uh I, you know I didn't even know Andy existed and then we got put in a group together and we started working on our shit and working on our coaching and all of the things and now we're now we have grown and matured and we are crushing no I mean we're still fucking struggling but uh, <laughs> but we're doing it together and Andy's the shit and I wanted to have him on because he's just one of those like he's totally down to earth he tells it how it is super funny and uh really just a talented coach and so I figured why not you know, have you on and have a great conversation with you and just start like digging into some of the truths about life. <laughs> yeah, go for it. You know, it's one of my, I would say one of my, one of my bonuses of being the coach that I am is because of the life experiences that I've had mm. and sort of understanding from a position that most coaches don't get to experience when they're working with people. Um, I can safely say that the people that really sort of gravitate towards me because I am very transparent. I'm very authentic in the way that I am. You know, I kind of say how it is. Um, and that's just me as a person. You know, I don't try to sugarcoat anything or you know, wrap anything in cotton wool, but just the truth helps people at the end of the day. And for me, allowing people to see that just because of the coach that I am, um, my experiences in life can help a lot of people moving forward with that. So I kind of feel it's in, it's in my best interest to be able to give everybody else a bit of my experience to help them move through things in their lives. I love that. I love what you said. The truth helps people. It's so like, it's such a basic 
concept, but it's so true. You know, when you like hear something and you're like, whoa, and it's mind blowing. It's like, it's just a truth. And you, yeah. when you, when you recognize it, like, you know, you've had those moments and it's, it's like, usually the, yeah, it's usually the most simple things that actually give us those moments, those breakthrough moments that we realize that it's not actually as hard as what we, we actually make it out to be. It's just, if you're really honest enough to be truthful to yourself, to go to those places, to work through that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That is the hard, hardest part, I think. <laughs> so Definitely. why don't we dive in? Like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I, I actually like, would like to know too. I feel like as much as we know each other, there's still probably a lot that I don't know. Yeah. And so I'd love for you to share just a little bit about your story and kind of how you became a coach and just like, you know, talk us through what you were talking about, some of those struggles and we can. Yeah. Okay. So um, for me, it's a very personal journey. Um, my own as well as what other people go through as well. For me, this, this, this happened through process of me working through some of my own things. Um, so I initially, I qualified in fitness very, very early in, in life. I say very early. That makes me sound really old. Yeah. I'm not that old. <laughs> you guys, he's 37 years old. Yeah. He's not that old. Yeah, I see. It's not, I'm not that bad. I've still got a few years left in me. Yeah. Um, so I qualified like in my late teens, early twenties, did a lot of qualifications back then. Fitness at that point for me was very much a hobby in life. Um, I really enjoyed applying what I knew. I kind of felt like I had a bit of an upper hand on most people in just being a, a hobby. Um, I enjoyed it for many years and then got into business, got further and further into business not in the fitness trade. Um, the whole fitness industry in itself was still very much gym-based in that. In, in those, <laughs> I say narrow sound old. <laughs> in those days, there wasn't much of an online thing. Um, and it was just more for the love of what it was. You know, it taught me a lot. It gave me a lot of discipline. Uh, it really kept things in perspective for me back then. It gave me a, an outlet for just general frustration of life. And then in 2011, like I had let's just say it was like a, a catastrophic life event that happened over a, a space of like 11 months um, where several different things happened in life. You know, there was a relationship breakup. There was, um, I, I lost the business. There, there was all everything that happened in the space of 11 months. Yeah. And as a result of it, um, I remember it very distinctly that I, I kind of, I had nowhere to go, nothing to do. I was living out of my car and I, I didn't know what, you know, what life was about at that point. And I was actually out of the city that I usually live in because I had nowhere to go. And it was a conversation that I had with my mother that brought me back to the city because I had a disagreement with her and I felt very, really uncomfortable about it. So I came back to apologize and showed up on the doorstep. And it was literally at that point, I just, I had a breakdown. I broke down and it progressively got worse and worse. So I ended up with, within the space of about two to three months, uh, mental health just you know, it, it just completely and totally deteriorated to the point where I was struggling to communicate with people. Um, I I lost a lot of the ability to like read and write. I couldn't co- cognitively work things out properly. I was running on very little, if any, sleep most of the time. Um, going through medical professionals, they started to then sort of load me up on medication. And I was on just upwards of 40 different tablets a day. Um, just like a concoction of things, you know, there was, there was all sorts going in and it, it left me to a point where I was just constantly numb. Uh, there was no, there was no drive. There was no purpose. There was no life left in me. Yeah. And it was about 
a month before my 30th birthday, I believe it was. Um, so at this point, um, I'd lost access to my son. So I was going through a lot as well. Um, that was like at the time, one, for me, one of my biggest reasons just to try and be here. Um, and I was given a statistic by one of the medical professionals. I was being seen by a crisis team and those kind of things. And they said that... Um, 25% of children are more likely to commit suicide themselves if a parent has. Well, it was at that time that I tried to attempt on my life and I was self-harming as well. Yeah. And I realized two weeks before my 30th birthday that it was that one of those hard conversations where at this point I was managing to get out of the bedroom. I developed agoraphobia. So I was literally confined to a room for about five months and it was one day where I'd got out of the bedroom, into the bathroom, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I just knew that it wasn't me that was looking back. Um, I had one of those moments where the person that I was looking at, was a, were, they were just lost. And somewhere, somewhere inside me knew that this wasn't for me, this wasn't the life that I was supposed to be living or leading. And I kind of had a bit of an epiphany at that point that, you know, you're 30 in two weeks, um, you've had two attempts on your life, you've got all these problems going off around you, but you're still here. So you're here for a reason. And it was at that point that things started to turn. Um, I spent the first sort of on the comeback, I spent the first four months just trying to overcome the agoraphobia. So just trying to get down the stairs, out the front door, to the end of the driveway, to the end of the street. Um, these, this was bringing up so many problems for me. Every single time I was blacking out and there was numerous things that was coming up. And then I got to the point where I would just walk to the gym, but I couldn't face going in because I then developed social anxiety as well. Yeah. So I had, I'd walk to the gym, turn around and walk back. And I did that for about a month up until, you know, taking that one extra step and walking through that door and facing that one extra fear that one day. Yeah. And that then just progressed into me knowing that I needed to focus on something moving forwards. And that became fitness again. Um, so what most people would just sort of refer to as, you know, I've, I've got to look after myself a bit better. I knew that it was a case of life or death for me because I'd been in that position. Right. So I started to focus on the fitness side of things again, revisited a lot of the teachings that I'd, I'd got earlier on in life and reapplied them, but then started to really find a love and passion for just knowledge again. Yeah. And whilst I was going through this growth period and trying to understand why I'd made the choices that I'd made by that point, it's allowed me to experience that it, that fitness just goes above and beyond, you know, diet and nutrition. There's a lot more when it comes to health. And that allowed me to experience further investment in different kinds of qualifications that I started to look into. I started to apply that myself. And then, like I say, it sort of, people started to notice what I was doing and people asked questions. And then I started to find that the love for, helping other people try and find their purpose, try and find a reason to change their life started to become a very motivating factor for me. And it wasn't until I then invested in myself upon like meeting you in one of our courses um, through one of our programs. I went through a couple of those and I soon came to realize that my purpose is basically to help other people figure out the way that life doesn't have to be how it is you get to make life the way you want it to be it's a choice and every choice that we make takes us in the direction that we are accepting that we move in so now i get to choose every day to support guide and help people 
and this helps me become a better person and a bigger person to be able to help more and more people. So I'm on this mission of impact 100,000 lives. In my time, I'm on this mission of impact 100,000 lives, which will impact 100,000 more. I love that, the ripple effect. Oh, yes. And I, I, oh my God, there's so much we can dig into, but just, <laughs> just on the back end of the last thing you said, this, the six figures, right? Like the 100,000, it's like, instead of saying, oh, like I want to make six figures, it's like, I want to help six figures. Yeah, and, that, that's, I've realized that that was one of the biggest things after our last program that we were, we were in. Um, most coaches focus on when, when you're in the fitness space, it's, a, it's this is this six figure number that's always rolling around in this coaching space. And I just thought, I don't want to make six figures. I want to help six figures. Yeah. Right. And if like, cool, if we make six figures, great. But it's like, that's not the, per- you know what I mean? Like money can go and money can come. It's like the byproduct of helping anybody at the end of the day. Yeah. Wow, Andy, I did not know your whole story. Holy shit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, I mean, the more, oh God, the, like you said, right? Like your struggles become your strengths. And I think that you have a lot of insight and just like understanding the low, low lows to be relatable. So it's oh, like, yeah, I mean, depression, anxiety, I still, I mean, I still don't get me wrong. I still, I have, to, I don't say nobody ever gets over these things. They learn how to manage them very well. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that going through depression and going through anxiety, that they come out of the other side and all those, at the end of the day, they're just emotional triggers, but they, they're triggered for a reason and we respond to them through subconscious programming. Now, because of that, they never really go away. You know, our triggers, they still trigger us, but we just become more resilient to the trigger because we understand a lot more about it. So for me, yeah, I mean, anxiety and depression is, I wouldn't say so much depression these days because I'm very self-aware, but I suffer with anxiety extremely often, a lot more than what people would understand as well. I mean, people see me smiling, but it doesn't mean that there's still something going on in here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think you make a great point, like on the surface, right? If, someone has to go scroll through your Instagram page or your Facebook, right? And, you know, you guys, I will, I'll share Andy's Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff so you can go follow him because he's fucking awesome and you need to follow him. Um, But if you look at his page, like he looks like he's got his shit together, you know, like he's got the life, he's got these awesome videos, like he's just doing all the things, right? But like, you don't know what he, what his thoughts were this morning, you know, it's like, and same for me, it's like, I could portray myself in a certain way. And maybe I do like want to show the good stuff, but like, don't forget that as a, like as coaches, like we still have our fair share of struggles. I mean, shit, I didn't even know this about Andy until just now. Right. Like he, it's not that he was intentionally like, keeping it from me. Right. But it's just not the first thing you tell someone when you meet someone. Usually. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, my story is usually, um, I mean, I've spoken about my story numerous times on social media and I have no hangups about telling the whole truth uh just simply because i know that when i do speak my truth about my story it it usually resonates with people to a degree that they've either felt or thought of something of a similar magnitude at some point in their lives so um we all have those days where we just you know nothing's going right everything's going wrong and it's how we view that and I'm, more often than not because i quite i speak quite openly <laughs> um when I do, I tend to lose more followers than gain. <laughs> Nobody really wants to hear the bad stuff, but it's the bad stuff that most people live in the reality of, you know, it's, 
you know, we, we like to show the highlight reel, but I just think purposely because I stay true to myself and don't show this whole highlight reel. Um, you'll know when I'm going through something because I normally go a little bit quiet. Mm, yeah. Where does that like retreating um, mechanism like come from? Like that For me, it's not so much a retreating mechanism, really. I mean, I find that it's a time to self-reflect. Mm. so i i purposely when i start to feel like i'm going through something i purposely I, and i'm fully aware that i do this as well i purposely withdraw so that it allows me to then give me the space to be able to clearly think about what i want to do um i don't try and distract myself with social media uh, you know i take care of business in the sense of looking after the people that i look after myself um so all my clients still they still get the best of me but what I tend to do is give myself enough space from the limelight of being in front of a lot of people. And it gives me then the space to be able to concentrate on what I need to be able to deal with. Yeah. So it's not a case of withdrawing. It's a more, I find it more of a case of giving me the space that I need to be able to do the work that I need to do. Yeah. I'm the same way actually. Like, and people that follow me very closely are like, yo, are you alive? Like, where have you been? <laughs> you know, like they just notice like my face hasn't been on social or like I haven't been on my stories as much. And it's things like that where it's these subtleties, right? But when you have a pattern, you do the thing. And then like, for me, I was just telling you earlier, like, uh, like last week I overslept my alarm by like two hours and I felt like a piece of shit. And so I didn't even want to go on social media because it was almost like this like shame and I was so frustrated with myself, even though I was having that kind of battle in my head, like, Sam, it's literally fine. Like, this is not a common thing. Like, it happens. You're human, you know, like having that conversation. But also the other one, like, but get your shit together. Like, come on, you know. And so I'm like having this war in my head. And and it, all it did was, like you said, like make space and kind of take the distraction and any extra noise and just mute it which for me that's instagram social anything that's not me and my fucking piece of paper and pen you know kind of getting clear on what do i have to do because i'm sick and tired of feeling this way and so like i i won't hang out with friends as much or like i won't be on social or like i will be i'll kind of hang out in my little safe haven of my room like i love my bedroom like i feel home and warm and cozy and it's like this is my safe space and sometimes like like you said, it's like you just have to make that space to focus on you. Yeah, I think it's a case of simplifying, like like you say, shutting down the noise um, and allowing yourself to simplify what it is that you're going through to understand what's really making you feel the way that you feel. Yeah. Um, setting your alarm in two hours later, that's just, it, it's a minor trigger just to think that because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not now showing up the way that I should be showing up because people should interpret me showing up in a particular way. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, everybody goes through something. And that in itself was just a trigger for you to say that the day was now not aligned with how it normally would, would, would start and operate, you know, your morning routines and those kind of things. And that's enough to put somebody out. But when you're not very self-aware, uh, those kind of things can really creep in and sort of you you compound those enough and you compact it, it becomes, it becomes a bit of a, a toxic environment to keep yourself in with, without anything being too simple to sort of break down. It's yeah. where do I go with it? What's going on? You know, there's so many things around life that it's, yeah, it becomes very, very daunting at times. Yeah. I think what you said too, it's like the self-awareness part. So like maybe a past version of me and maybe for you, you could talk about an example too, like a past version of me would have let that, 
oversleeping carry out through the entire rest of the day and if not spiral into a few days after. But the current version of me, um, who is still working on this, but has enough self-awareness to know that that was a trigger. And I was like, that conversation in my head, I've had many times before. And it goes either one of two ways. It continues and perpetuates and I beat myself up and then I treat myself like shit and then I eat like shit and then I don't work out and then I don't sleep. It's like, you know, one thing after the other, or I catch myself right before it starts or very early in the cycle. And so like that day I decided like, okay, that's fine. That happened. I can't change it, but like I can, I can switch the direction in which this cycle was heading and I can kind of reset and you know, it doesn't need to be this domino effect that fucks up my day, my week, whatever. I could let it, but I was like, nah, bitch, I'm in control. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree with that as well. So I would say an instance for me would be, um, I used to be very, very hard on myself in the things that, let's just say, I feel like I'm capable of doing a lot more a lot of the time. So I pressurize myself in, in how much I can physically take on. And when I'm not sort of achieving those tasks and those goals that I'm setting out for myself day to day, um, you start to see things racking up and you then allow that to alter the way you feel about what it is that you're actually working towards. Yeah. May I ask because, the context, which this is in, like, are you talking about work or like a home life or? No, I would definitely say, um, I would say more personal and work. Um, so like in, you know, sort of like personal goals, if you're working towards something or trying to better yourself in some way, shape or form, or it's usually business for me, uh, like sort of setting specific goals that I want to be able to achieve. And then, you know what I mean? One stone in there, one penny in there can throw everything out. And then all of a sudden that ripple effect kicks in and you see standing there. It's like, right, okay, just 10 things have happened from one thing going wrong. And you just feel completely out of a line with what you should be doing. So um, that for me was the biggest thing that I used to really punish self punishment. That was, it was a really big thing for me. Um, I would, I would talk down to myself all the time, you know, tell myself that I wasn't, if I wasn't achieving the goals, I wasn't capable of the goals that I was trying to achieve. Whereas one part of me knew that I was, but the other part that was taking action against it wasn't moving in the right direction. So I wasn't very clear on it. So for me, yeah, I completely and totally get it. Um, and it wasn't until sort of understanding that being a bit more self-aware, like you, what you said, just letting it go, accepting the fact that it has happened and there's nothing that can change now what's happened. But the only thing that can get to change is the way you respond to what's happened. Right. Um, and that for me was the biggest, that was the biggest realization that no matter what goes on in the day, um, good or bad, I mean, it's, there's always going to be things that crop up. It's always a choice how you get to respond to what's just happened. And you choose to stay in that moment and keep drawing on that negativity. It keeps you in that space that affects the day, affects the week. And then all of a sudden everything's gone wrong, but you can accept it, move past it and just say, all right, okay, what do I need to do to pivot? You know, where's the silver lining in this? Where, you know, where do I pivot and how do I move forward now? And when you realize where that space is, you're able to operate in a slightly different way. I love that. I love the pivot word, actually. <clears throat> that might be a, new thing I start using how am yeah. I gonna pivot right like it kind of feels like a dance move and I'm yeah well it is I mean you think about it you, you you're always traveling in one direction and then you come up against something that's stopping you from moving forwards well most people just try and say try and run through it try and run through it but you keep trying to run through it it's just going to burn out you're going to use energy that doesn't need to be used but if you pivot sidestep left sidestep right and move forwards again 
you can understand where you were going wrong and then carry on moving forwards and go, right, okay, I understand, I accept what was happening. And then you can then allow yourself, give yourself that space to move forwards and move into a new space. Yeah, I love that. What's your like go-to um, like kind of check-in with yourself or like self-awareness, like recal, like when you have those moments, like do you do a certain thing to help you? Oh, I've tried so many, Sam. <laughs> I've tried all of these different things. Um, I've tried all kinds of things over the, over the years now. I've tried different morning routines. I've tried different things that kind of press the reset button that draw you back down to earth. Um, normally I find that I'm, I'm, I'm self-aware enough to know that when things are going, I would say not according to plan or there's just some sort of sense of feeling and emotion that's building up to inside that doesn't feel as positive as what I should feel. I know something needs to be addressed. So it's at that point, I kind of go, where, where, you know, where, where is this going? What is it trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. You know, and if it's not, if it's normally a case of, and for me it is, it's normally a case of either physical or mental burnout because I'm just, I'm trying to do so many things. And like I said to you, I still apply that pressure of trying to exceed myself all the time. So that's always going to be there. I've accepted that. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, it's um, the first thing for me is, is kind of a reset is to, is to give myself some space and time um, take that step back because everything's still there. You get to still work on everything that's in front of you. Even when you do take that step back, you can come back to it, but you're no good moving forwards. If the direction you're traveling in is foggy and cloudy, if you can't see where you're going, you're blind mm. and you're blind yeah. to the direction you're traveling in. But if you can take a step back and allow that space to clear then you're, you can actually see where you're moving then. And that by me taking that step back, the things that I do when I take that step back is, and it's never a, a long space of time either. Like, 24 hours and I'm normally pretty good to be able to go right okay that was all I needed to do but I've been fighting this feeling for the last three weeks yeah (laughs) sometimes Um, it's so hard though in the moment to be like can I justify taking like stepping out of the thing I'm supposed to be doing and like you feel like you're like oh that's too much time or like I gotta go I gotta do you feel like it's gonna cancel the forward momentum you've created you feel like it all stops Mm -hmm. really all you're doing is actually slowing yourself down you're in your own way but you don't realize that yeah yeah it's so like just put on your glasses so you can see, but like, you know, you're walking around without any glasses on. You're like, okay, I'm going to do It's like, no, put the glasses on. Yeah. So I think for me, my go-to is, um, I mean, it's, it's one that I, and I know you do this cause we spoke about this before, yeah. um, is pen and paper and clear the mind. Yeah. You know, there is a lot more going on upstairs when you're in these situations than what you realize. So you're in, and you, you're always trying to spin all these different plates at these different times to keep everything moving forwards. But realistically, it's well you can see how much you're actually trying to manage mentally, and you've written it down, and it becomes it becomes a physical thing that's sat in front of you. You realise that is taking up a lot of energy, and I'm not really making any impact on any of these things that I'm trying to move forward with because I can't focus on one thing. So that's the first thing I do is I go to pen and paper and I usually write a very long list down. (laughs) Um, And then the second one is I get back into, I actually kind of like try to stick the finger in and stir the pot up a little bit. And I tend to mix up the routine that I've been living in. So if I'm driving home from somewhere, I'll take a different way. If it's a, if it's a set one way route where you're kind of on autopilot all the time and your brain's constantly thinking about everything else other than, traveling um 
I generally tend to go a different route just so that I can allow myself to be kind of like off course. Mm-hmm. And that really helps. It's the same with the morning routine. Um, if I've been getting used to waking up and as bad as it is jumping straight to social media, you know, getting a post out first thing in the morning, that then sets me up in a different way than what it would do by going right. Okay. By 9am then I'll post, but I'm up at 6am. So I'll have a coffee. I'll get something to eat. Um, I kind of just get set up for the day, clear my mind. And then all of a sudden I feel different about the day again because I've taken a slightly different approach. So I normally find that the pattern usually lies within the problem that you're creating for yourself. And if you can try and pivot on the way things are, then you move forward in a very different energy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I like the off course idea. I think I do that. I just never have like thought about it like that. It's like sometimes I'll just be like, Oh fuck. I'm just so like annoyed at myself or like whatever. And I'll just go to like a different place to work or I'll go for a walk on a route I've never been on or like take a new street. And it's like something as small as that, I think just gets your brain in this space of like, Oh wow, this is cool. Like, and it starts to intrigue you and give you some exciting, like exciting newness to kind of think about. And it kind well, of, I was, that I was, a, there's like an energy everywhere, isn't there? So you, and you operate in energy, different energies in different spaces. So, I mean, most people will just think, Oh, I'll just go and work from a coffee shop today because it gets me out of the house, but you're actually vibing off everybody else's energy in there. It's a different space. There's different light, you know, the visually stimulating around you that, everything's new to you at that point. So you're kind of feeling in fresh, new, renewed energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. The other thing that I might go to besides pen and paper for sure is um, like talking to someone for me, like, cause I can, I think I do a good job at like getting all this shit out of my head. Cause I have to, like, there's so much going on in there, but every once in a while I'll hit a point of overwhelm to the point where I can write it all down, but it won't really, it won't be enough. And I have to, I'll just like, it's either going to be with like one of my best girlfriends or with my boyfriend or maybe with my mom. I'll just be like, Hey, can I just like brain dump on you? And like, just, you know, I'll ask permission before I just start going crazy on them. But you know, it's almost just like having that, like, I don't know where this conversation is going to go, but I just got to get it out. And like a recent one I just had was on feeling um, overwhelmed with, with work and stuff. And just like the things I want to do, because it's exciting to have all these goals, but also like just being realistic and also building in some fun and some chill time. And, you know, through the conversation, I realized like, oh, I have just been working too much, you know, like I just have to chill more, but I wouldn't really have been able to figure that out if I didn't have someone receiving it and then saying it back to me so I could hear it. It's like I had to say it out loud for me to be like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. <laughs> a lot of the time, I normally find that that's the problem with, as like just as humans as who we are. We, we've developed this very innate skill of lack of communication. Yeah. And because we generally tend to try and then hold things internally, um, it starts to pressurize. Yeah. And because then we don't, because obviously the the society that we live in now being a lot of it being either technology or social media based, um, we live behind screens and computers and phones and these allow us to be able to shut down, but we still feel like we're communicating, but because there's no in-person communication, our general communication skills start to break down in the point where if you usually would speak to a family member, you know, of the, 
things that have happened in the space of a week, like when you were a child and you were speaking to your parents, that has been removed because of the world we live in today. And it's never really as thoughtful. It's never really as connective when it's through a screen. Um, even the same with, so I always try to make it a point of, if I'm going to talk, talk to the people that are around you, that they're in your life for a reason. They're, they're around you just for support. You know, they, whether you love them, they love you, they're there for a reason. So um, that one-on-one connection makes a huge difference when you're trying to, trying to figure things out uh, because an in-person connection will always, always be an online connection just simply because there's an emotional bond there that when you're walking, like walking and talking yourself through these things, you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Mm. And the person receiving that is there to not so much catch you, but they're, they're there to give you some guidance. They're there to support you. Yeah. And you don't get that when we wrap ourselves up in technology because, you know, it's, it's just the innate nature of technology in itself. Yeah. It's connected, but it's, it's, I actually made a post on this recently. It's, it's being so connected, but you've never been so dis- disconnected whilst it's, being so connected. Yeah. Disconnected from others, but also from yourself. Mm. Uh, it's like you can use social media, obviously, like there's a bunch of beautiful benefits to it, but I also think that it's a really easy way to like numb and distract you from the issue maybe that is at hand and in front of you that would solve so many things in your life if you kind of just looked at it, right? Or talked about it. But I think like it's way easier to go on social media and scroll than it is to have that conversation with someone, right? Or like to initiate the conversation or to not feel like a burden when you ask someone like, hey, can I run something by you? It's like, you know, if you're in that situation, I'd say like, well, think of how good it feels to help someone. Like we were talking about it earlier. Like it's the best fucking feeling in the world when you get to help someone. Like, you know, when you open the door for someone, it's such a small gesture, but it gives you the fuzzies inside, you know? And it's like yeah. when you can, when you can give someone a truth and they're like, wow, thank you. You're like, God, I love being a human, you know? And it's like that, those moments of connection that really stand out and at the end of the day you're like that was a beautiful moment you know it's like the beautiful moment was not me scrolling through instagram (laughs) (laughs) i learned some recipes and i saw some cute puppies and watched some funny videos but like you know and saw a girl that has great abs but like no it's it's so surface you know like that deep yeah i completely agree like so surface it's it's the biggest distraction we can use to actually stop us stop ourselves from addressing what we really need to either speak or look at that's stopping us from moving forwards mm-hmm. um, is information is literally at the fingertip of any person on this planet these days to help them through whatever it is they're trying to work through. But the majority of the time um, I would say that technology is used in a way that's distracting rather than helping you move forwards in a way that's supposed to be mm-hmm. guiding you through into a new, into a new journey, a new season of your life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the distraction of technology and social media can be, uh, I'd like to say that it's going to serve a purpose in the future, but it's, it comes with as many flaws as what it does as many positives. I'm afraid <laughs> yeah. like anything, right. It's like, use it until it doesn't work for you, you know? And- yeah. I think if you, if you use it in the right way, I mean, like you said, I mean, use Instagram as an example. Um, you and I both have a lot of, you know, influential friends via instagram that are doing very good things but in the same respect there's probably three times the amount of people out there that are also pulling the wool over people's eyes and you know the highlight reel and everything else 
and I think it builds a false reality of what really um, you know the people that are at the, the core of it trying to do the good work uh, they kind of get brushed aside because the glory of the glamified fitness lifestyle is the thing that a lot of people want to pay pay, pay attention to sure. and for me it's I went through a phase of kind of falling out of love with the fitness lifestyle just because of the influential side of things yeah I've, I've definitely gone I've I've gone through that as well and I think that's kind of why my page and and everything has shifted more into like I mean self-development yes but also just like how you think about shit because that's the only thing you can really control anyway so for me I think once I once I saw like wow the gym is full of a lot of people, some of which are great and some of which aren't so great, but I can't let those not so great people taint my vision of everything, you know, and it's like choosing, like you talked about choice, the idea of choice. I think that's like, that has been coming up so much in my life lately, the power of choice. And it's like, you can choose how you respond to everything. And it's like, it's hard to always choose in the direction of your goal, but once you keep doing it over and over and over again, I think it gets easier and easier and easier and you get to see like, Oh, this is what happens when I like don't go on Instagram first thing in the morning. And I actually do my morning routine. Like I feel like a fucking badass. So I should keep doing that thing. And it's like, (laughs) you know, like for me, my, my like thing that I'm working on right now is like getting into, so I don't scroll in the morning. Like I've created a very clear boundary about not going on Instagram before. Like I do my morning routine before I even open my phone. And that's great. But at night is a different story. It's like, I get into bed and I'm like, ah, like looking at the things and scrolling. I'm like, you know, I'm reading these like motivational quotes. Or I'm looking at puppies. I'm watching like hip hop dancing and it's like great. And maybe that's my form of chilling. But like my other goal is to read 24 books this year. So like two books a month. And like I can't bo- do both of those things. So it's like my reading usually happens before bed. I like to read before bed, but like my reading doesn't happen if I'm on fucking Instagram. So it's like, it's like, okay, Sam, like what happens when you just read the book? You feel so good when you go to sleep and you're like, oh, and your eyes aren't like burning out of your head. And so it's like, I know how good it feels to do the right, quote unquote, the right thing or the thing I, I want to do. But sometimes the other thing is just like, so easy it's like oh just gonna you know are you lose track of time and when you don't have the clear boundary I think it's easy to kind of let that almost take over next thing you know an hour later you're like uh what have I just taken in I don't even remember anything I scrolled through you know <laughs> yeah I think this, this is a lot this is a, an issue that a lot of people suffer with I believe I mean a lot of people that come to me as well where they're saying that either life's too busy or time you know it's, I, I don't have enough time to look after myself and I always say like you chances are you probably scroll on social media more than what you would do if you spent that time in a gym or don't, even just sort of a bit of self-reflection for, for your own well-being in the space of a day. Yeah. And then I, I would just say, look, just look at the screen time on your phone and they have to tell you everything. You know, chances are it's over four hours on the social side of things that you've used your phone for today. Mm-hmm. Like it's never that much. It's never that much. Have a look. Yeah. And, and I encourage anybody to listen to this now. Uh, go, go and have a look. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Because it's fucking scary. If, <laughs> because if you turn around and say, I don't have the time. Yeah. Well, four hours of your days have been there, you know, moving through the social platforms. And there's a clear indication that there's plenty of time there in the day to be had. It's just, it's not being prioritized in a way that's going to help you move forwards. You think yeah. it is, but... 
Yeah. If you guys are on social more than Andy or I are on social, you have a problem because this is our business. Like yeah. this is what we do full time, right? Like I don't make money except for myself. Like same with you. It's like you work for yourself. I work for myself. Instagram is our main uh, method of, you know, interacting with humans and people and potential clients or like just helping you guys. So if you're on social more than we are, your boss is going to fucking fire you. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I don't get. Like how many people get away with being on social media whilst they're at work these days? I mean, I did it when I was working too, because like, I didn't want to be there, but I think that's like a really good, actually, this is a really good like tangent that maybe we can run with is like, if you're on social that much at work, then go get a fucking new job because you obviously don't like your work enough to be doing it because you're on social like stalking the shit out of our pages, which we appreciate your love, right? But like, we also want you to go chase the thing that matters to you. Yeah, live your life. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if you're in a nine to five that you don't like, well, first of all, stop lying to yourself that you do like it. You're like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's great. It's it's secure. Cool. Maybe you just got to get another nine to five. Maybe it's not the nine to five issue, but maybe it's the job placement or it's your coworkers or like, if you're not happy doing the thing, right? Then like, don't, don't deny yourself the happiness that could be yours. There's so many jobs out there. There's so many opportunities. There's so many other bosses or other coworkers to have. And I feel like the social, once again, it's a numbing. It's like, well, don't want to be here. Don't want to do my work. I'm going to move my index finger up and down <laughs> until I get down. I mean, I, I look at this in the perspective of the business owners at the it's sort of at the, at the top, you know, the, the ones that are owning the businesses with the employees underneath them. It's 90% of your staff are scrolling through social media how productive is your company working? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, right, okay, well, he's, he, he's kind of everywhere at the end of the day. I mean, we, we as people look, you know, we look to other areas to either one, be distracted or two, and I've got, I've got a bit of an issue with this word, but look for motivation. Um, I don't think you look for motivation anywhere. It's, it's clarity that most people need to be able to achieve what it is they want to do, not motivation. Um, but in that respect, uh, most people sat around scrolling day to day. They're usually looking for something that takes them away from where they currently are. So I would encourage any one of you listening to sit back, assess where life is at the minute and try and figure out like, what is it that I'm actually looking for whilst I'm scrolling? Because there'll be something I love and then go that. chase it down. Yeah. Oh my God. You just nailed on such a great point. Like mo- that motivation doesn't exist. It's, it's getting clear. And it's like, if you are clear on what you want, then that's it. Because you now know what you want, right? And if you have a clear why as to what you, why you want the thing that you want, then it won't really matter in the grand scheme of things if you're motivated or not. Because you'll just- You never need motivation again. You never need it. Because the, the, the purpose of serving and sort of executing on that goal, yeah, that'll be enough to keep you moving forwards every single day. I usually find that motivation is you kind of riding on somebody else's effort, somebody else's journey, because, you know, if, if it's an image that's motivating you to go to the gym or if it's um, somebody's food prep that's making you think I should be eating more healthily and you're using that as motivation, that's not really going to serve you long term. That's just waking you up to the fact that something needs addressing. I love that. Oh my God. There's so <laughs> much power in what you just said. Yes. Oh, so good. So I think like, I think the goal setting, right. And like getting clear on what you want, it's, that's hard. I know it's hard for a lot of people like myself included. When I 
I like challenged myself with that at the beginning of this year is like, you know, what do I want for 2020 and just like vision and just things like, what are my, what are my goals? And writing that shit down is hard. Cause once you write it down, I actually like started writing down one of my goals and I had to stop. Like I wrote the first letter of the first word and I was like, oh my God, if I write this down, it, it might happen. And like, if I write this down, like actually it, it will happen because like everything I've ever written down has happened. And I'm like, ah, and it's like, it's scary to, to get it on paper because it could be, like you said, it becomes physical, becomes real. And then you see it and you're like, oh shit, I do want that. And so kind of going back to like what we were talking about earlier, it helps you push the noise away and get prioritized so mm-hmm. that you don't feel so overwhelmed because I think like overwhelm comes from just not knowing what you want and having a billion ideas in your head and like not having your priorities in check. And so when you figure out the five things you want, which really like, I don't recommend anyone having more than five things they want at one time, like chasing more than five things. It's like, then you can actually just focus on those things. Maybe you have something about family, about business, about work, whatever. Um, but then you're not running around the fucking farm chasing all the chickens. Like you're never going to catch one chicken if you start chasing all of them. So it's like, you know, gather your little herd of chickens and closely follow those. <laughs> and it kind of creates some more peace and tranquility in your body and mind because you don't feel like you're like getting pulled in 80 million directions. Like you can say no, you can create the space, you can shut your fucking phone off. Like I have to do that sometimes, like put my phone on do not disturb because I know I have like something to do, you know? And I'm like, I know if I go there. (laughs) It's that fear of missing out. That's what does it. Most people, it's that whole, um, if I, if I shut down this area of my life, I'm going to miss something. But what I would always encourage is what are you already missing by being so wrapped up Mm -hmm. in what it is that you're already doing? Because there's so much more out there, and I can guarantee you this now. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be sat here now had I not made the choices that I'd made to move forward with my life. I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. I wouldn't be doing what I do in my business to help the people that I help. I'm grateful for this every single day because I was in a position to be able to see how easily it would have been taken away from me and everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's why, for me, it's such a personal thing that I do speak honestly the way that I go about things because I don't feel like there's enough out there already that's leading people off, you know, the le- leading people astray, taking them off course. They're not really being honest with themselves when it comes to what they really want. And then when I speak about it and most people go, yeah, that's a bit too honest for me. I don't want to hear that. Um, it's a truth though. And I know that I always see that if people are unfollowing me, if people are doing those things, they're the people that need to listen the most. Yeah. Yeah. It's the denial, right? It's like, come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it's just like, you're not ready to receive that. I know. Like, have you ever like read, read a quote or read something and it doesn't really hit you. Right. And then maybe like a few months later, or even like it could be years later, you hear it again. And you're just like, Whoa, yes. Like you recognize it as truth because you're finally ready to get it and understand it. And it's like, sometimes like the things that we read or we say or whatever it's just like you're not ready to get it you haven't gone through enough or a certain life experience to be able to relate and so I think I I've always been like really aware of when someone says something to me and it doesn't necessarily like drive home 
I always try to like make note of it, you know, if it, if it stands out, but I don't really like know why. And then later on I'll be like, oh my God, that's that. Yes. It, it's like, all you can say is yes. You're just like, I, yeah. Yep. And in a sense, it, it almost like resets you. It kind of gives you that reframe. And I know for me, like talking about like the goals and stuff, I think you touched upon it in your story, but having the sense of urgency, once you have a clear understanding of what you want or you know, or where you're going, and even if you start, start to have a glimpse of it, right, it, it gives you urgency because you don't know if you're going to have another day. And you quite literally, right, with your story, which is so extremely like brave of you to share and that you have gotten you've been strong enough to overcome right and you're at this this place that you can speak about it it's like you may not have had another day and like Mm -hmm. for everyone listening it's like you might not get another day tomorrow either I might not like you don't get to decide that so I think like knowing that we are all mortal is how I've created urgency in my life because if I want to serve six-figure people like you know like a hundred thousand people I got to get going. I got shit to do. And it's like, I think honestly, that has been the shift in myself in the past like year or so is I have things to do. Like I can't wait around. It's not going to do itself. It's not going to get easier. The more I wait, like I got people to help. And it's really selfish of me to not just start doing the thing I know I need to do, even if it's hard. This is it. I mean, we know what we need to do to be able to get to the people that need the help, Mm -hmm. but it's just a case of the actions that we take. I mean, We're no different to anybody else. We're no different to our clients. We're just a bit more self-aware. We've gone through things that people are hopefully looking towards us as coaches to try and help them with. But like you say there, I mean, you still go through things as well. And trying to acknowledge those things yourself and say that, well, I'm human as well. You know, just take me as human. People don't want to hear that. It can be as simple as just take a step back, breathe for a second, get clear on what it is that you want and then chase it down because tomorrow isn't guaranteed. I think a lot of us take tomorrow as is for granted that it's guaranteed. Tomorrow is never guaranteed. Anything could happen between now and then. You know, this, this, anything. I mean, I don't want to get into the, the two, the two deep side of things, but anything could happen between now and tomorrow. But most people go to bed assuming that tomorrow will be there, that the day will be there, that the choices will be the same that day. You don't know what would happen the minute you wake up, by the time you get home. You just take for granted that things are the way that you've built them in life. Mm. I think when you've been in a position where that was nearly taken away from you and you do get to experience things slightly differently, it allows you to become very honest with the, like the choices, um, the, sort of the misleading thoughts that you also have as well at the same time. like The, the things that I would think as a person for myself um, I can get hung up on them like anybody else. You know, I can allow them to start steering me in directions that probably aren't going to serve me as well as what they should do. But in the same respect, uh, just simply because I'm, a, I'm very aware of what's happening, it allows me to go, right, okay, pump the brakes. We know we're not traveling. We're getting a bit foggy. We're not, we're not really serving the purpose, what we're, what we're here to do. So why? And I always go back to that question of why. You know, what is your why or why is this happening? And there's a lesson in there somewhere that you can, if you can just filter out what that meaning is, you've then got clarity to move forward again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think 
it's so, it's so hard, but it's the best thing you can do for yourself is like stepping outside of yourself, you know, and like that third, mm-hmm. that third eye view or not third eye, bird eye view, that perspective is huge and it comes with practice. And if right now, like you guys listening, if you are feeling like, well, I don't know how to do that. Like I get in my own way. I'm stuck in my head. Like, I know I'm ha- I'm so overwhelmed. It's like, okay, well, first of all, take the advice that Andy and I just gave you, which is write shit down and talk to a friend, right? Like go talk to someone that you trust. And first of all, get out of your head because you know how it feels when a f- friend comes to you and like vents and is freaking out. You just kind of tell them like, it's okay. Just what, how can we, you know? And then like talking to someone that's been in that place before, right? Or like getting some type of qualified like you know, whether it be like qualified help or support or just someone that's been in that place before, because I'll put this out there. Now, anybody listening to this at any point, you are more than welcome to ever come and speak to me or Sam. Mm-hmm. The oh, door sorry. is never closed to anybody. So I will say this now because a lot of people don't realize that they might listen to this. They might take the information in, they might start to apply it, but they will never feel like they're still invited to be able to reach out to somebody. And if you can't reach out to anybody, you can reach out to one of us because at the end of the day, there's always going to be somebody there. You've just got to take that first step and allow yourself to be able to communicate with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It can, and it, it can be hard to let those walls down, especially like you were talking about, you know, like you being in your room, like not leaving your room for however, like five months. Right. It's like, sometimes I feel that way. Like I have days where I don't want to fucking see anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone. I love my clients. But I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to talk to my family. It's just like, you can get into that space. And we all have days where it's just like, oh my God, you know, like it feels like it's a dark hole and you're not going to get out. But the most successful people, whether it be in business, life, whatever, relationships, it's like you can be aware that you're in that space and then make the choice to get out of it by maybe just having a really small conversation. Like it doesn't have to be a grand gesture, just doing something small, like light a fucking candle, right? Okay. At least that makes your room a little bit better than the dark hole that it seems like, right? Like put on your favorite show, put on a song, like just do something really, really, really small. One little baby step. I know for me, like something is better than nothing is something I say so much. And it applies to this too. It's like, if you're in a place that you don't like, just do like, what's the literally the smallest thing you can do? Cause it's just about like that one little baby step. Like maybe it's putting on your socks to go for a walk. I don't know. Like for you, Andy, do you remember what the first thing was that you did when you made that choice to kind of come out of your literal like dark hole? Um, I think I, at the time I had a, I had a lot riding on what the future would like be for my, for my son at that point. Um, just knowing that the thing that I wanted to be able to be physically healthy for him at that point, because I didn't want to be the dad that couldn't keep up with his son, wasn't, I would say, mentally healthy enough to be able to want to communicate with him in the way that I do now. Um, there was just a, there was a lot riding on the relationship between me and him. So the small steps were just trying to rebuild key fundamental facts of being a person, like being able to communicate, being okay with it. Because I'm 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 still am now. I'm I'm an introvert. I don't like to talk, but I understand the benefits of being that way. So I now do speak openly rather than just bottling it up. Whereas 
that never used to be the case. Um, so it was, I literally went in the opposite direction of all my old habits. Um, everything that I used to do that made me the person that I was, I kind of pivoted on and then moved in a different direction. Yeah. So, but you did like one, like you did one small thing at a time, right? It's not like, you Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, you can't just go and take all of those things that I was dealing with and just kind of run at them with the cold Turkey effect. Um, yeah. you just, it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And uh, the smallest, the smallest thing for me, I'll say this, I want to say it was the smallest thing because it was probably one of the biggest things that I did at the time, but I didn't realize severity of it, but was getting clear that the medication didn't define me as the person and it was the actions that I was taking that actually defined me as to what I was trying to achieve from getting over it. So, I mean, I did go cold turkey on the medication because I knew what it was doing to me. I understood that it wasn't me that was feeling this way. Yeah. So my, I mean, I would never recommend this to anybody unless you've been cleared by some medical professional that's okay to do this but I was in a position to be able to say I don't need these medications to make me feel the way that they're supposed to make me feel I can create this for myself Mm. and it was making the shift from allowing myself to know that I didn't have to rely on anything else other than my own actions and I just started taking small actions so it would be try and make a healthier meal try and go for a walk today Try and just, and I, I, at that point, I didn't even really understand journaling, but I just, I would write down negative things that would really be kind of making me feel a particular way. Mm-hmm. And that then become a, a sort of a journal that documented everything that I was going through. And now, I mean, I don't have it now because I've disconnected myself from that part of life. But at one point, I remember looking back over it and seeing the person that I was then. Yeah. And it was huge just being able to see the small choices, you know, small choices moving in, in the right directions, baby steps, you know, don't try and change your entire diet in one go. Don't try and stop training six days a week because that's what you think you've got to do. Stop training one, you know, make one healthier choice. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just touched upon such an important concept in change itself. Like you have to think about where you're at now. Like, not where fucking Susie's at, not where Karen's at, like, not where your next door neighbor and her fucking dog are at, where you are at, right? Or that social media influencer that you follow that you think she, like, has the rocking body, you know, or that business owner that's crushing it. It's like, no, where are you right now? Because honesty. most people can't get honest. It's honesty. You just got to be honest with yourself and allow you to be whatever comes up. That's where you are right now. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like, I actually don't think you can get a true look at yourself without someone else telling you how it is objectively, because you'll never see, like, you'll always think like, oh, like, I'm fine. You know, like you kind of chalk it off as nothing. You, you hold stuff in, you don't, you don't acknowledge it. And like, God, I spent the, like the first two decades of my life in denial And, but I didn't even know I was in denial. That's the thing. Like, that's the crazy part about it is you're so good at lying to yourself that you don't even know you're doing it. Mm. And so like, but if, if you have this like inkling in your heart, which I think you had mentioned, like when you looked in the mirror, right. And you're like, this is not me. Like I'm, there's something that I have to do. And it's not this, this is not the person that I know I am. It's like, if you feel that way right now, then something has to shift. And there's something that you don't like. And you can change it, but like, you have to get clear on what, what's actually going on versus what you think is going on. And then, you know, talk to someone and then 
you can start making the smallest little step. Like Andy said, add some fucking vegetables into your meal. It's literally that simple. Just that's what I mean. We spoke about it being so simple before this. We, it's the simple changes that it isn't as complicated as what most people think to be able to get sort of in an enlightened mind state. It's, it's not as complicated as most people think to actually adhere to good nutrition or uh, training frequently. It's just small steps, simple, small changes that just you, you, you put enough of them together and then that starts to create a journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like consistency in the little things in patience pants. That is the cocktail for success and for mm-hmm. change. It's like, it, it's not, it's the literally the least glamorous answer ever. And it sucks. Like I wish that we had, imagine if we could like manufacture some type of like pill where it's like, Oh, you take this pill. And like, here you go. All your mm-hmm. problems are solved. That would be great. But it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. Also, that would suck. Imagine if you just like took a pill and all of your issues, quote unquote, were gone. You wouldn't know what to do with yourself. You would create problems because you would be so used to dealing with the problems. Like it would just be bad. And then like, what would life be for? You would never be working towards anything. Like, so- It's the same instance in like becoming an instant millionaire as well. They always say that the people that, that uh, sort of acclimate to really high fortunes very quickly never know what to do with all the wealth. Mm-hmm. and it never sticks it never lasts because right. they end up being sort of falling back on their old habits their old ways and they never really grow into the space whereas somebody that earns the money to walk, sort of become very wealthy they understand the steps and i think i can't remember if i read this i listened to some youtube video or something i can't remember where i had it, where i heard it but every step is a step on the journey moving forwards but if you see where the journey is going to take you and you're still stood still you never took the first step to move forwards. Mind blown. <laughs> but I just thought, you know, it's, it's true because if you never take that first step to go forwards, the journey never starts. Right. Yeah. And that step could be like in hindsight, that step could be a sidestep, but at least it's a step because then you see like, oh, maybe that's not the place I'm supposed to be. Well, that will get you closer to where you are. So it's like, if you don't move, that's the worst thing you can do is just don't do anything, you know, do something, even if it's not quote unquote, right. Or the right, correct path or the path that you want to go to, you won't even know if you never try. It's like, that's, I think that's one of my biggest uh, fears is like being on my, on my deathbed and being like, oh man, I wish I, I wish I would have, or I wish I, I should have done this. It's like, no, I'd rather say, well, I tried, at least I tried. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got to agree completely with that. I have it I've, more often than not, I would like to admit. Uh, most people say to me, why do you always do so much? You know, when are you when are you ever going to slow down? When are you ever going to take time for yourself? When are you ever going to have a break? And I'm at my happiest when I'm at my busiest. I'm just, I just naturally in a better energy to be able to help people and help myself. And I always find that taking that step back or doing the things that, I'm being told by other people that I should be doing. They never make me happy. Yeah. So yeah, it's, you know, it serves in, in both sense that if you just get very clear on what it is that you want to achieve, whether it's health, whether it's a different future, you know, whether it's a better family life, get clear on what it is that you want to achieve. And then just, just take that one step, just take the one step because eventually you'll end up running eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I think what is, so maybe as we kind of wrap things up, like what is your one thing or 
maybe some of the like in your top five of things you want to do in this upcoming year or just like where you see where you see Andy's life going I'm so curious I've I've got numerous goals I was funny enough I was having this conversation less than 24 hours ago with somebody and I think for me I've I've got to a point where I've established who I am in the fitness space I'm very comfortable with what I can do. I know that I'm very good at what I do. Um, so I'm I'm finally in the confidence of the coach that I always wanted to become. Mm. And that's allowing me to be able to have these opportunities like with you, yeah. to be able to get on, you know, get in front of other people that's, it's not just about being heard. So for me, my goals through 2020, I, one, I just think it's a fantastic number. I mean, 2020, it's, it's just got a good feel about it. Um, there's also, yeah. The best <laughs> joke ever. Like, I'm pretty sure my dad has said that joke like 10 times already this year. <laughs> there just seems to be a lot of good energy around this year. Yeah. Um, and I think that anybody that doesn't capitalize on that moving forwards, it's a mile marker that you can say, you know, when did things change in life? 2020. If you didn't make it happen this year, you can look back in 17 years time and you're kind of like, what year did I actually start? Where did I actually go with this? So this year is a mile marker for you to be able to say it was at this particular point in my life that I moved forwards. Mm-hmm. So I would say, I mean, I've got some family goals, um, just sort of really wanting to bring my son up. He's, he's getting to an age, nearly a teenager. So ah. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> um, but it's just installing good habits, you know, being being the good parent, you know, really sort of standing as a beacon of light in his life for him to know that, you know, I want to be I want to be that guide for him that he can say, you know, if my dad can do this, then why can't I do this? Yeah. You know, I want him to think as as greatly as what I think every single day. And I don't believe that nothing's you can achieve anything you want to achieve. We're all equal. But in the same respect, if you're going to limit yourself and say that I can't do, then you're only limiting yourself because you can achieve it. And I want him to be able to believe that if he just takes that little bit more belief in himself, he can achieve great things as well. That's so cool. I would say being a better parent, being the best parent that I could be, not a better parent, then I'm a good one. <laughs> um, in business, just keep moving towards, you know, doing the things that I'm doing, reaching out to those people that want to listen, that need the guidance and support, um, you know, try and hit that 100,000 mile marker. I want that six figure helping number to just constantly increase. Um, there's no financial reward there for me. It's not about the return. It's about how many people's lives I can change. And I just feel that my purpose on this planet is to be able to help and impact on as many people's lives so that they can help change lives as well. And then move forward from there with realistically is to create, to create enough avenues for everybody. Um, one of the things I do feel that's happened very recently in the fitness industry is that um, certain things, certain avenues of help, let's call them, um, are being categorized for specific people with either one, an affordability side of things, or two, um, it's, the things that are very affordable aren't very effective and they're not really helping people. They're just masking more problems. So a lot of my purpose throughout this year is to really focus on creating 
an avenue for everybody that can rely on any source of information that they would receive that would work with me and my capacity in, in my space. And it would really impact their lives, whether it's from just something as simple as getting some real knowledge about training and nutrition or, you know, really sort of trying to impact their mindset through a bit of subconscious and conscious reprogramming. <laughs> I love that. I, yeah, I think that, that the last point you touched upon is also one of my kind of underlying missions, like for my membership, for sure. It's like you can, you can be helped at an affordable cost. It may, you may not get as much one-on-one support, right? Like, but information, valuable truth should be available and accessible to you, no matter how much money you make or how much money you can. That's it. Exactly. I mean, I mean, valuable, truthful information is priceless. Yeah. Yeah. And I like totally believe that if you give that to people, like they will do good with it. Mm. You know, like you give them the knowledge and the power to, to actually take action upon it. They will do it. But you have to make it accessible or else what do you like? It's like, you're almost hoarding that good stuff for a higher, you know, a higher price point. It's like, no, because you get the ripple. Like if you can give a hundred people a fact, they're going to share it with at least one person. Right. It's like that just X ex- that's exponentially grows. And that's, there you go. You know what I mean? Like there's your, there's my, there's my hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Um, Man, oh, so good, Andy. I'm so happy that you're on, and it's been such a fun conversation. I've been, it's been so fun, like getting to know your story. And um, I also think that a lot of people can relate, whether they have maybe been in a situation like yours or something close to it, um, or even having feelings like that where it may not have been classified as depression, right, or like serious anxiety, but those feelings of anxiousness or being depressed or being super sad and feeling like you're not going to get out of that space but having this little inkling of like no this is not me like this is not this doesn't define me I think that's I've been there I've totally been there and you I know, think it, everybody has I mean I think if you haven't you you kind of you're in denial at the end of the day you felt something that isn't true to you um so yeah I think anybody that's gone through something can relate to you know just making that shift at some point yeah I love it. Um, okay. So to, to wrap things up, um, a few fun questions, and then I'm going to have you hit the audience with your biggest takeaway. So your biggest legacy. So let's do the fun questions first, and then we'll end on the legacy and then have, uh, you can share where people can find you. All right. Um, favorite exercise in the gym. Deadlift. Least favorite. Cardio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say calf work, but um, yeah, cardio. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, if a food could be calorie free, what would it be? Oh, it's some sort of Italian food: pizza, pasta. Yeah, probably the things that are the most highest in calories, you know. <laughs> saucy carbs, saucy, cheesy carbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, if you could have a superpower. Oh, I often think about this one, funnily enough. Do I you? think I've created enough of them for myself already. I think I'm pretty superhuman as it is. Um, <laughs> but I would say, are we talking like full on? Marvel fantasy style yeah, like, superpower. All right, okay. Um, fly because I hate traffic. Mm, mm-hmm. That's a good one. 
Um, if, oh no, wait, the next one is uh, your favorite word. Say again, Sam, I've lost you. Oh, favorite word. I've done pretty well not to curse on this, to be honest. So, um, <laughs> <I have. laughs> yeah. Uh, empowering. Ooh, okay. Okay. You went for the like deep hit them in the face. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if we're talking like everyday word, um, just in case my son does listen to this, I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, and last but not least, um, an embarrassing story that you can keep under two minutes. An embarrassing story. Uh... Oh, man. This is hard. It's got to be where I've... I'm quite... I make a fool of myself quite often. Like, just... I think it's in my character to break the ice with a lot of people. Mm. Um, so it's usually around family. So chances are it's, I've done something that's made myself look an idiot in front of family and majority of the time. I find the most embarrassing would have been probably when I was at school. Um, I wasn't the most popular, so I was kind of singled out a lot. Mm-hmm. But in the same respect, um, I, I had a practical joke played on me when I was in school and it left me thinking that somebody had been to the bathroom and literally I was, I was covered in something else and I wasn't. Um, so I was literally running around like clothes were coming off, you know, I'm trying to wipe down and this was in the middle of a classroom and I'm like, right, okay, that's probably like one of my most embarrassing, you know, from, from memory serves. So you literally thought you had like shit on you and you were just like trying to take your I thought somebody peed all over themselves and threw it all over me. Oh my gosh. And I'm just like, and it, it was obviously, it was just water, but um, yeah. Now it's probably classed as bullying, but back then it was just a practical joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, at least you didn't get actually peed on you. you know? Yeah, I mean, that's fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> People do that, but I'm not into it, you, you know? You know yeah, no, I mean? no. Um, all right. So say your last day was tomorrow. What would the legacy that you'd want to leave behind be? The legacy that I want, I mean, I actually wrote this out once. It was in a book that I read where you are to write your kind of like your dying legacy. Mm. And it's changed massively, funnily enough, from what it used to be. But my, my legacy that I would want to leave if tomorrow was my last day was to be known for being the best dad that I could be. Um, be the best partner that I could be and to to have impact on as many people's lives as I physically can that whether it be they change one small habit that's just multiplied into a life-changing journey or I physically got to work with somebody that's literally reprogrammed and remapped what their future looked like um for me it was impacting lives it's just simply as just impact as many lives as physically possible 
because I don't feel anybody should have to put up with or live with the way that they do if they're unhappy. I love that. So happiness is a choice. Yeah, happiness is a choice. Oh, so beautiful. everything's a choice. Yeah. My heart's so warm and fuzzy. Ah, I'm so happy you're on, Andy. This has been so much fun. Did you enjoy? Absolutely. Uh, yes. Oh, well, you guys, if you are not already following Andy, you my friend are missing out because he is a shit. He also has beautiful infographics, really cool videos, super knowledgeable in all things training and nutrition and mindset. And it's going to help you and support you in your goals and journey. Um, and I'm very lucky to call you a friend and to have been connected to you last year. It's It's been a whirlwind since we met and it's great. I'm so super pumped to see your podcast come out as well. Um, and well, thank you. I mean, it was you that gave me the nudge, so that's going to happen. Yeah, man, you, you got a voice, you got to speak your story and share your truth. Like it's such a great way to get out there. So ripple, baby ripple. (laughs) Amazing. Um, where can people find you on social and the internet? So I, I mainly Instagram, Facebook, um, both of them, you can find me under, well, Instagram is strength, full stop physique, um, Facebook coach, Andy James, you'll find me on there under that or strength and physique, um, and coming to YouTube and podcasting the fit flow perspective podcast and YouTube is basically just going to be me coach Andy James. Hell yeah. I'll put uh, links to all of that in the show notes so you guys can go check him out. Um, seriously, you're not going to want to miss out. He is amazing. And uh, if you're ever in the UK, that's where he's at. So yeah. I love you, Andy. It's been so real. And Appreciate um, it, yeah, it's, I'm super excited for the 2020 for both of us. It's going to be, it's already awesome. It's going to be even better. Cool. I'll talk Thanks. to you soon. Bye. Alrighty, that wraps up another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. Oh my god, thank you so much for listening. I really hope this was helpful for you. Andy, god, Andy is such a great dude. He has such an incredible story, as you guys just heard, and I hope that it's inspired you to kind of take a look at your life and just be like, wow, I'm fucking lucky. I got another day today, you know? And sometimes that's just, that's all you got that day. Sometimes life is hard, right? But you're still here you've gotten through it. You've always gone through it. And so I hope that Andy's story and just us talking, our conversation has helped to inspire you to be better and to take a look at your life and see what you can improve and maybe to stop lying to yourself about certain things. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm so, so blessed that you are here. If this podcast helped you, please screenshot it and put it up on your story and tag us. Um, It would mean the world to me. And this is how this puppy grows. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I'm giving you a big hug. Until the next episode, I will catch you then.